Welcome to the In The Money Poker Podcast, your source for all things poker. Here we're gonna discuss everything from beginner tips to high level play. We'll be talking to the top players and experts in the game so that you can learn how to take your poker game to the next level. I'm your host, Michael Gabriel, and thank you for listening. All right, well, welcome to In The Marketing Podcast, where I am so excited to interview Jeff Bannock. Uh, one thing that you don't know, Jeff, is that one, I look up to you anyways. Oh, thanks, uh, bro. I appreciate yeah. that. That's really nice. Oh, my gosh. I'm in, uh, you know, we're in the marketing world and um, I see the things that you're doing and the whole Russell Brunson stuff. And I, I could sit here and talk about marketing all day. Sure. But it's funny how, um, how I've seen how my poker skills kind of transitioning into this marketing strategy thing. And uh, I'm just, it's pretty crazy and fun, um, yeah, but other world. small world. Other than that, Jeff uh, used to play poker for a living outside of what he's currently doing right now. And I, I just want to hear about your story and sure. you know your journey and maybe some advice that you can give to people moving forward. But I guess the first thing is like, just tell me how how did you even get interested in poker in general? How did that all that start? So it started out, I was actually in the military for four years. Um, I was a special forces medic with the Marines, with Force Recon with them. Did that for four years, got out, and then got into fitness as a personal trainer um, because back then you didn't need certifications, things like that. You could just be in shape and start doing trainer. A guy, a buddy of mine was a manager at the gym. So uh, he's like, hey, you're in good shape. You work out all the time. You want to be a personal trainer. And I just got out of the military. I had no clue what I wanted to do. So I'm like, sure. Long story short, I did that for about 15 years doing uh, personal training. I worked my way up the ranks to fitness manager and then general manager. And then I was running a gym in Carlsbad, California, LA Fitness off of the 15. And uh, during the middle of the day at the gym, it slowed down quite a bit. Like you get the morning rush and then you get the afternoon rush when people get off work. But the middle of the day is sort of slow. So I'd have, you know, two, three hours to kill that I go take lunch or whatever. And then I forgot what the actual year was, but it was a year that Chris Moneymaker won the World Series. And no offense against Chris, but he's sort of a goofball. And I'm just like watching him. And I'm just like, if this guy can win, I can at least play poker. And mind you, at this point, I had never played a hand of Texas Hold'em in my entire life. Never. I never played poker, never played stud, never played anything. So I decided to go all in on poker. I'm like, I'm going to learn poker. So I went and got Super Systems by Doyle Brunson. You know, I got every book that I could find on it, started reading all the forums. I even got to the point where I was making flashcards with the percentages for certain hands. So I'd be like, okay, Ace King, you got like 45% to win right off the bat with a blah, blah, blah. And then I would start learning all the percentages for every flop, how much you would be on the river, you know, all that in the turn and everything. To where I can look at my hand, look at the board, look at how many players were in it, and know within a couple percentage points what my hand is to win. Now, the sad thing with poker, as we all know, like you can be 95% to win, but that doesn't mean you're going to win every time by any means. So anyway, long story short, I started going to a casino up the street called Ocean's Eleven. It was an actual card room on my lunch breaks. Started playing Took about, like I said, I'd never played. Literally, I walked in and I'm like, I, I, 100 bucks, I was playing one, two, and I'm just like, okay, like I have no clue how to stick chips. I don't know how to hold my cards. I don't know anything other than what I've read in these books. And uh, it took about six months and about four grand that I wind up losing. 
But then all of a sudden, like one day, it literally it was like a switch flipped. And ever since then, I've been a winning poker player. Like I can even now walk into, mind you, it's gotten way tougher now than it was back then because everybody and their mother is trying to figure out how to play poker and win. You had all these newbies that had no clue what was going on. So long story short, I started making more money as a poker player than I was in my job as a general manager running a gym. And I was, you know, doing okay, like 40, 50 grand a year. And I was making more than that playing poker. So I'm like, maybe I'm going to try this professionally. So I was living in San Diego at that point. And what do you do if you want to be a professional poker player? You move to Vegas, right? So move to Vegas with just, you know, a bag and a couple other things, just literally just had no possessions hardly, but had a nice bankroll Moved down, um, and for like three years, that's all I did was play poker for a living. And uh, what most people don't realize is the first, the 15th, and Fridays are paydays for people. And mm. when people suck at poker, they tend to lose their money quickly. So on the first, the 15th, and Fridays, I'd go to bed at like 7, 8 o'clock at night. I'd get up at like 1 or 2 in the morning. I'd be walking in with my Starbucks, all bright-eyed, bushy tails, and everybody be drunk. They'd be stuck trying to gamble to get their money back. And unlike a lot of poker players, I view this as a job. Like a lot of the grinders would sit there and they're playing 10, 12, 16 hours a day just grinding. And there's like, I don't care what anybody says, there's tends to be a law of diminishing returns where you're not going to win as much over time. So instead of doing that, I'd set a limit. Okay, this time I want to win two grand. I want to win three grand, whatever it is. And I don't care how fast I'd hit it. As soon as I hit it, I'm up and leaving because the tables when you live in Vegas are always going to be there waiting for you. You know what I mean? So I remember one time I lucked out. I was playing 510, bought in for 500 bucks, sat down, and everybody else had stacks. Like the smallest stack compared to mine was like three grand or something like that. Like I said, I bought in for like 500. It was 510. Boom, I get pocket aces, right? Right off the bat, like first fucking hand, excuse my language, sorry. First hand, I get pocket aces. And the one bad thing that hopefully a lot of players realize, like pocket aces are great, but it's only a pair. You know what I mean? Like there's so much that beats it. So it being the greatest starting hand, long story short, um, goes around the table, I raise, re-raise. Next thing I know, there's literally like, eight out of the nine players are all in. So like, we're looking at five times eight, four grand right there, you know, just for my 500. So one dude turns over, he's going for a flush. Another dude turns over, he's going for a straight. Another guy's got a set already. Another guy's got pocket Kings and I got pocket aces. And then the turn is a King. And I'm just like, I'm so mad. Rivers and ace. And oh, I up, dude, took it all down 4K within like my first hand. I've been sitting at the table for literally one hand. I got up, everyone's like, hey, aren't you going to let us try and win it back? I'm like, hell no, take it easy. Just laugh, man. Just because that was my job. That was the thing. I trained myself to learn tales, to sit there, to engage with people. Sometimes I'd play to where, like, if there was some really drunk dude that was really loose and gambling a lot, I'd engage with him because I'd focus on him. One of the things I learned right off the bat is when you're playing poker, you don't want to try and beat everybody. You want to single in on one or two people and try and take their stacks. And another thing that was really like a um, a rule for me is I take a look at everybody's stack add them all up and never try to win more than half of the total amount at the table. 
Like mm-hmm. that was one of the things that I found. If you ever tried, like you said, numbers. So say I'm playing five ten, just for easy math. Let's say there's nine players. Everybody's got five grand, five hundred in front of them. I'm my limit's going to be forty five hundred. I really found that one. You could get lucky. You could get runs. It would happen. But on a consistent basis to win more than half the amount on the table usually was really hard. At least that was my my you know rule yeah. that I set for me back then. So yeah, I would just play. Winded up doing really well, did it for three straight years, had tons of fun, tons of, well, I don't know about fun all the time, because it was definitely a grind, like it was, it was a grind, but a lot of great experience, and then one year it came down, like I said, I was playing higher limits, thousand dollar buy-ins, not crazy buy-ins by any means, there's way higher than that, you know, but five, ten thousand dollar buy-ins here and there, and this guy just got lucky on me back to back to back, and that was my one rule too, like, too, I would evaluate my player and I'm like, well, if the guy got lucky on me and stacked me and wind up taking on my stack, I'd buy back in if it was luck. But if I was playing bad and making bad calls, then I wouldn't buy back in no matter what. You know, I'd have a certain amount. Like I had very strict rules on how I played and what I did. And um, this guy just kept getting lucky. He literally one time had a two percenter, hits it on the river for, you know, there's it was like I had it was another one pair over pairs. We both had sets. And one dude even flipped over the other card. He had tens. I had uh, kings at that time. We both had set over, or I had pair. He had set, and I'm just like, or wait, no, we had. Uh, I sorry, I had the set. He had he had another pair. He had kings. I had tens. And one dude even turns over a king and is like, "Oh man, you're down to one out." And then he <sighs> king on the river, and I'm just like, or t- yeah, king on the river, and uh, so long story short, um, he won probably like three or four grand off me really quick, just really quick because I was buying in a thousand a pop at that point. And what a lot of people don't realize is the money you gamble with or play with is also the money you live off of. You pay your bills, all that type of stuff, bankroll management. So I got down to like my final, like 10 grand, my final year playing. And I wish I had some cool story where I was like, Oh, I bet it all. And I wanted to point in like a hundred K or something, but I don't. What I decided to do instead was to give up playing, get a real job. I started doing personal training again. And that's sort of what led to the whole funnel doc and everything. Cause I got back in, I'm trying like, well, how can I market my personal training brand online? I don't want to just do it locally anymore. I want to do it worldwide. And that's when I was studying underneath this gentleman named Bedros Koulian, amazing mentor, amazing guy, he taught me a lot of sales and fitness and things like that. And he was the one who introduced me to this book.com secrets from some random dude, Russell Brunson. And that literally started the whole journey, man. So yeah, that's in a nutshell, my part, my poker story. Oh my gosh. So that's exciting. You know, so sometimes I deal with that as well. Like, you know, I'm sitting at the table now I live in a, I don't want to say a small town, but it's a small town. I'm in Ohio. Sure. And you see all the same faces at the table. Well, you know, if I go in the morning, it's the same people in the morning as it is in the <laughs> afternoon or yep. evening. And um, I try to do the whole like poker etiquette thing where, yeah, if someone if I take a big hand, I'm like, ah, you know, I can't just leave right away. I got to right. play out at least a few more rounds. But I feel it would be so <laughs> much easier in Vegas oh, because yeah, yeah. it's just almost, a, a, you know, a, a endless pool of yeah. kind of like. You know, yeah, one, you have so many casinos to go to. We have, yeah, I have one probably 20 minutes away. I got one in either direction, two hours. So I'm really just playing in that one spot. And uh, 
yeah. So uh, congratulations, man. That was, that, that's yeah. good to be able to have that discipline because that's part of it too. Well, just like you though, you'd see the, you get to learn all the other grinders. Like, you know, there's certain people and like, for instance, that was one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people when they're playing for a living make is table selection. Like if I somebody, if there's say there's five tables in the room playing no limit or whatever, and I see that half of them are regular grinders, I'm not going to sit down at those tables just because it's like literally I know how they play. Most of them are playing super tight. They're waiting for the right spots and all that, just like I'm doing to some degree, you know, waiting for the button. That's like for anyone listening that doesn't understand, like the dealer's button is the biggest power thing you can have. The closer the button is to you or if you're on the button itself, the more loose you can play because the people in front of you now can't call like they've already called. They've already made action. So you literally have on the button the maximum amount of information that you can and position to be able to make calls, plays, raise or whatever it is. Comparative to under the gun where you're the first seat that's right underneath the big blind, where literally you can have the best hand aces. But then if the next dude calls and all of a sudden the next dude calls and all of a sudden people start getting what they call pot odds where they think I've got a chance, which statistically it makes sense to call by the numbers next thing you know you're going up against five different people with pocket aces and your chance to win with pocket aces with three people drink i want to thank you for listening this is part one of the interview please click on the next episode to finish and listen to part two well that wraps up another episode of the in the money poker podcast We hope that you had as much fun listening as we did recording. Be sure to check back next week for more exciting poker-related discussions. Until then, good luck at the tables and keep on grinding.